Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. Afterbuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind the scenes exclusives. All thanks to E Entertainment's Maria Menunos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Yeah. Should I do the light the lift, maybe? Yeah, no, no, please don't do the, uh, the overbite. There's only, only one white man's overbite here uh, in, 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 this, in this podcast. It's Joe Sanfilippo who's not here. Out of so, respect, I won't do it. Yes, please out of respect to Joe Sanfilippo. Welcome to True Detective After Buzz After Show, or After Buzz TV's True Detective After Show, or yeah. Order You'd Like It. Uh, I'm Joe Braswell. I'm joined uh, by my man, Ben Bateman. What's up, man? How you doing? How you doing, Ben? Oh, dude, I'm great. I'm so excited to talk about this sweet episode. Sweet jacket, sweet suit. Thanks, man. Sweet uh, pocket square. It's really nice of you to say. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, uh, you know, I'm, like my T-shirt is, is, is great, but, you know, I don't know. That, 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 is, that is cool. Uh, we are not joined by uh, Joe Sanfilippo. Actually, we are joined by Joe Sanfilippo. He's going to be on the phone here in a second if he's not already on the phone. Uh, and then we are not joined by Julia Carley, who has some has some other business. She's uh, shooting some stuff and doing some other cool stuff. But she will be back next week, and she's very sad she's not here. But it, in the meantime, go ahead. I was going to say this is an exciting one to, to be missing some it pieces is. for, man. It, this is the this was like the big breakthrough we talked about last week. Yeah, it's a certain degree. I think, I think there is uh, <laughs> we do have a breakthrough in some ways. In some ways, we don't. I mean, I I I, well, I, I did love the episode. We'll we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot we're we're seeing Frank's descent in the in the true gangsterness. Kind of reminds me a lot of like American Gangster, like Denzel sort of. I mean, yeah, you know, a lot of like uh, going, you know, the, the the showing him going to the place to place and right and uh, getting his his house in order, and reestablishing himself as a gangster. Did you? How are you feeling about that? Like the I know that's that's generally speaking the most polarizing sort of part of the show so far has been his his arc. Yeah, I think we should uh, we we can get to, we'll get to that. I think we'll get to that with Frank. Um, I'm, so far, so good. I mean, I, I'm I'm still fancy a little bit, kind of on the fence a little bit about Vaughn's performance, but I'm mostly in. Yeah. Um, um, I'm just kind of tired of at, at, at this stage of the game, you know, um, episode four. Yeah, uh, I'm just kind of tired of like, you know, either I'm in or I'm out. I don't, I don't, be, I, I feel like I'm, I don't want to be complaining about the, but whether or not Vince Vaughn is good or not. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I feel like I'm kind of in, and I, I like, I like to still judge it after eight episodes and see where we're at, and right? And say, you know what, Vince Vaughn sucked, or you know, you know what, not bad. But right now, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm in for the ride. I heard a, cl- a click. That sounds like another Joe. Wow, that's good. That's good here. What's up, kids? I knew it. Hey, hey, Joe San. What's up, Joe Brad? How are you? Every day is Christmas. That's right. We're doing a podcast right now. You're on it. <laughs> I figure that's what we should do. Yeah, you're okay. on speaker, man. Don't say anything embarrassing. Yeah, we're, we're we're on it right now. It's happening right now. 
Well, I figured that was what was happening. All right. Well, um, we're, we're just talking about we, we we're, we're just kind of going over the episode a little bit before we get into the actual some plot points. But we're having a general conversation about uh, your guy Vince Vaughn and his sort of believability. I know you had some. Uh, questions about his accent and some other things and, and how he was rolling or how he was written uh, <laughs> or or, what, what, or everything else. But how are you feeling about him right now? Uh, it's not, uh, I don't know. I, I know, you know, I, I understand your point, like, you, you know, at this point, DM, and I, and, and obviously I think, you know, we all are, but it, I'm not, he's, to me, it's the weak link. It's the weak link in the show and it bums me out because he's a great actor. I've enjoyed him for many, many years, but I think that, that just, something's not working for me. Well, I, I'll, I'll unpack a little further. I think I kind of like, um, I like this. I don't know. I, I, I do like uh, this guy Frank. I'm starting to believe that this guy Frank is Vince Vaughn, as opposed to Vince Vaughn is playing this guy Frank. Okay. You know the words. So, so, like we talked about, how Nick Pizzolatto wrote these characters very specifically, specifically for these actors. So you got to kind of think that he's got a, a type of guy in mind. So if you look at it from that perspective. Maybe the Vince Vaughn, maybe Vince Vaughn is that guy, or maybe maybe he wants Frank to be this kind of Vince Vaughn-y guy. I mean, my my take was this, and and, and we will get to this more when we talk about this his specific uh, plot pieces. But I thought about this today, and the the conclusion I was sort of coming to was like, I don't actually think that Vince Vaughn is doing a bad job with the character or words he's been given. Right. What I've actually decided is that because every episode we're fifty percent of the show deep now, yep. so like it's it's easy enough to make the decision, which is that the, this is the characters we're being given, and sure the, the plot swinging back around is going to be maybe we'll have some crazy epiphany in episodes five through eight. But I feel like when I watch the other three characters, I'm watching one show. Mm-hmm. When I watch Vince Vaughn scenes, I'm watching another show, right. and I don't actually think that his character in the context of this season and what we're seeing out of the season so far, it doesn't fit. It's not like it doesn't match. And I think that's the reason that it feels out of place when I see him on screen. So I don't actually think it's his fault. Right. I actually just think it's a, so far anyway, an improperly placed character in the context of this particular narrative of True Detective Season 2. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll buy that. Uh, one thing I did notice about this episode is what sort of the visual... It had a, it had a tone difference. The, 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 this episode did not, to me, have the same tone of the first three. Hmm. Uh, visually, it looked a little differently. Obviously, we talked about you know Carrie Fukunaga directing all eight of the first e season, and then Justin Lin doing the first couple. Uh, this one is directed by uh, what's his name, Jeremy uh, Podeswa, who's like I think that's it's Podeswa, the hammer. Into the, sure, but he's like a, he's like an HBO sort of a, a- team guy. He's done right. a few Game of Thrones and a, and a few more coming up for in, in 2016. He's done a bunch of Boardwalk Empires. Um, he's done a couple of Ray Donovans, so he's he he knows what he's doing. Um, he's, he's very good at TV stuff. He's done some newsrooms, the tutors. So he's kind of like he also has that 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 uh, that Iwo Jima battle in the Pacific, right? That's like his one of his big claim to fame. Yes, like a huge acting set piece. Yes, exactly. So so what what I, what I noticed it about this immediately as I'm watching this is like. I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's a big action set piece coming because I feel like this is. I, I didn't really love the way the the sort of the, the just the normal dialogue and and everything else was directed. The rest of the movie, I thought it was kind of like I thought it was kind of flat. Yeah. In this episode, um, but he's really good at directing action. Yeah, yeah. As we and, and as we saw, sure. a wonderful action sequence in the back. Um, the rest of it felt kind of flat to me. Like, usually, a true detective, you can expect, you know, f- pretty good dialogue, some outstanding acting, yeah. um, you know, what gr- great writing, uh, and dialogue, same thing. And then, like, uh, visually, you're seeing some very cool right. set pieces, some very cool, uh, you know, uh, aesthetics. 
Uh, that's where we're used to from season one. And even episodes one and two did that, and a little bit of three. This one, not so much. This one just felt like episodic television until the shootout, in my opinion. Sure. And Joe, did you did you tune into the visual style of this one at all? Or are you are you cool? Well, you know, I, I said this last week, and I don't know how much of this is just because this is set in L.A., and so there is no mystery to me. Right. Uh, you know, if you said something in Louisiana and you tell me that this is, you know, that, and you show me something bizarre and interesting, I, I have no experience with it, so it's it, it's interesting. L.A., is, there's no mystery here for me. But I, I don't really, I, I don't feel like it's that cut and dry. I think that there is there is that little hint of of what made last year so unique. It's kind of missing. Okay. And, and I don't feel like it's appeared. I, I don't think that, that anything is wrong with it. I just think that that one extra thing that was so right last year just hasn't happened. And does that make any sense? Yeah. And and I, I, mean it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. television by any stretch. But it's, there, was, there was such a unique thing happening last year just didn't happen so far this year. Um, but the, the performances, with, with one exception, are just, they're coming. I mean, they're coming. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing great work. I think it's neat. Well, I mean, philosophically, I mean, we, we, we will get into the episode. I mean, um, but, but philosophically, is it, I mean, are we are we overdoing it in general with the comparisons to season one? I mean, season one was season one. It was great. It's encased in amber. It sits there. There's a lot, there's a, uh, it has a few detractors, very few loud detractors, you know, uh, Andy Greenwald being one of them, you know. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of loud detractors. But mostly season four is largely well-received and, and largely considered, like, in fantastic television. Season one, you mean? Season yeah. one, yes. So season two... I mean, is it fair that we're like, you know, that we're doing a lot of like, uh, I don't know. Every, every conversation starts with like, well, in season one, is that fair? Well, I think, okay, so I think season one is obviously very sensationalized at this point. And, and somebody actually did make a comment last week in, in the episode, which was that, you know, you guys don't need to talk about season one so much. And I think that actually, that is true. It's, it's very hard to avoid doing, but yeah. uh, we will try to make an effort here to, to stick with the second season. But what I think, I've noticed about modern television with premium television if you you know as as it is the production values the acting the writing and and all is so high with so much television nowadays most any show that you hear a good thing about and you flip on the first episode of Netflix you'll get hooked yeah. that's how these things work even if sure. even if the quality level is not you know all-time high kind of level you'll watch the whole show for the most part right. unless you are so distracted or too busy to do it so if you think about true detective season 2 in the sense that this is a very good show. And if we didn't know anything about season one, if this was just a standalone first season of a new show, which it could be because of the nature of the show, you would be very much enjoying this. We'd be, t- we'd be singing its praises. Yeah, exactly. Um, all the time. It would be, it would be in, quite honestly, probably pretty incredible to us. Right. Um, I don't, I just don't think that like, like season one at this point, we, we weren't saying the same thing that we said in the end. Yeah. So, I'm happy to, to not say another word about season one this yeah, episode. Because okay. people forget. Season one, they're like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what is this show? And then it's like, oh, it's the best show ever. So let's just give it a chance. All right, enough about that. This show's happening. It's great. Uh, we get a little more character development. Uh, let's let's start with our, with our, with our guy, uh, Officer Woodrow. Paul. Yeah. Yeah, so this was exciting for me because I'm a big Taylor oh, Kitsch fan. As, as I mentioned, you wanted to see Taylor Kitsch, you know, in a in a uh, in, his, in his speedo. Was it speedo? Or was yeah, that? I don't know what he's wearing. Right. But, but no, I don't mean, act like you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm a Taylor Kitsch guy too. Sorry. But uh, but like you know, last week um, I, I I made mention in, in the predictions that I felt like there was going to be a big 
there was going to be a big push in this episode. You were going to see one of the characters, the two sort of silent characters, you know, Frank and, and Taylor Kitsch, uh, Woodrow, the two that seemed like we didn't, weren't really sure what they were doing yet, break out into a new direction. So that clearly happened with him in this episode. This was like right. a big, big moment for him. It's also nice that they gave Taylor Kitsch some real material. Like he's, he's, he's famous for just kind of grimly staring and just, Saying something like this. Yeah. Like, that's what he does. That's what he's famous for doing. And, and he's very good at that. But the the tears and the, like, just sort of just he so was just so despondent after blacking out and doing that. Like, he just – I appreciated it. And also – I also made reference last week to the fact that it was interesting when you see handsome people in, in weird dramatic situations like yeah. this where a lot of the characters are very like, ugly. Uh-huh. Um, and you always wonder what's the point. You're aware you're casting somebody who's super handsome. In his case – in that scene that he has at the diner, when he gets crazy eyes, it, like, he was a very ugly character in that moment to me. Right. And I was like, okay, that's the reason. Well, let's talk about what, I, I, I agree with, with, with well, I, I agree with a lot of it and disagree with a lot of it. Joe, I want to get to you in one second, but I just want to set up what happens. I mean, so yeah. we see Paul, we see Paul, uh, and it's clear, clear that he, uh, had a few drinks too many, uh, and ended up with his, uh, with his friend. Yep. Uh, his old Black Mountain friend. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like, but he, but he, you know, I, I, those blackouts are, I don't have known those blackouts in a while where you wake up and you're like, what happened? Where oh, am I slept I? with the dude. Right. <laughs> oh, that happened last night. Yeah. You know, um, but except for that camping trip, Joe, we always talk about, but <laughs> the last time, uh, but that, you know, it was kind of, uh, interesting because he wasn't like, I'm going to punch this guy in the face. He was right. clearly distraught. Yeah. He had to get out of there. He's kind of like knew this happened. He yeah. knew that he found himself there. Right. Um, but it was just an interesting interesting uh, development. And his sort of struggle was, you know, his outburst outside, him trying to cover up for it and you yeah. know, calling calling uh, Velcaro to pick him up. Yeah. Uh, it was all very interesting. I have my thoughts on it. I didn't really love any of that stuff, actually. Really? No. But before I talk about it, Joe, what did you think of that? Uh, I think you're totally wrong. I know that was great. Good. I love that work by Gangbusters. I love the, Man I Joe. Love, same same page. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> Keep going, I sorry. That was just, I thought that just went off like Gangbusters. I mean, it, when he woke up completely lost, completely confused, and you saw it dawning on him like, oh, I know where I'm at. You could see it in his face. I did not wake up in the house of a woman. I, you could see it just, just hitting him. Like, I, damn it, I did it again. And, and, of course, confirmation when he goes out there. And the, the need to leave, the need to run. You know, I mean, most of us have felt that in some way or another. Not probably not to that specific enough, but I mean, we definitely felt like the hey, I got to get the hell out of Dodge. Sure. And then that cab ride, the shame. Not you know, I and I and, and it was it was so specific. The work was so clean because you it was very clear that if that was a woman, he would not feel that. You right. knew you knew that it was the shame that he had done this thing that he believed was wrong. Right. You know, and and he's dealing with that with that 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 part of himself that he believes is not okay. And then I love the, the scene in the diner because that that was redemption for him. Like this, this is the best thing that could happen. This will be it will make everything else okay. Then I will not be this other thing that I don't want to be, that sure. I can't be, that I'm not allowed to be. And um, I love that. And that was what made him look so nuts. Is I, he just put it all on on her. I just sort of feel like I, I respect what both of you guys are saying. I, I I feel on both both on the, both the performance and the storyline. The storyline just seems very. This is the one thing I said since episode one. This is the one storyline that just seems very cookie cutter hmm. to me. It just feels very much like he's repressed. He's 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 gay. He's having issues. He's got PTSD. He's brooding. He's smoldering. He's pissed about it, and you know he's going to repress it, and and that's what's going to happen. I mean, like I, I 
I get that. Um, I just feel like there's nothing fresh here about that mm. so far. I'm gonna, you know, I'll wait and see where this happens. <laughs> yeah. there, there is an eruption happening, so at some point, so we'll see. Um, it's very cool to see again how competent he is later. In I like seeing um, Taylor Kitsch in action. Yeah. So, so him in the shootout is like, yeah, Taylor Kitsch, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I like him as the military guy. Contact left and all that stuff is cool. And yeah, I love all that stuff. And he was great. And that was very cool to see him in action. As far as his acting performance, I think he's serviceable. Sure. I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm not. You know, I don't have pictures of Taylor Kitsch on my wall like you and Joe, <laughs> Julia. But I, you know, I, I think I think he's he's serviceable, and I think that. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't hate it or love it. I just thought like, oh, there he is doing the thing. He's upset. So I don't know. What I did love, however, that was very, uh, very specifically. Uh oh, Flippo, you, you, you okay? I'm good. <laughs> All right. Uh, but is that your big rig you're driving? What, what was that? No, that was uh, that was uh, never mind. The text, the popular. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, so I think very specific, very specifically, the specificity of how how it was written about. Uh, Velcoro going to pick him up, and Velcoro like said, you know, uh, pick your what is it, pick your cure? Yeah, in pick glo- your cure. In the glove compartment. Yeah, he's it's got, like, great. The pills. He's got like a joint. He's got like some, you know, whatever you need, whatever you need to get right. Uh, and, he, and he chose. I, I like that idea, the idea of that, and these kind of two two damaged cops going to start their day. I, I, I like the idea of that, but um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. And then you have the news. She's pregnant. He's happy. You know, we all know we're watching this going. Come on, buddy! But I guess that's what we're supposed to be doing. So there's sure, that. sure. Um, let's let's move on to Annie really quick. Let's make sure we can do the characters this time. Um, so we see that she's finally uh, the chickens are coming home to roost in her department. Right, right. Uh, she this relationship she she's had with this uh, her subordinate, which she ended in a very cool way last week. Yep, has come back. He's filed an official complaint when IA has, has gone up to her. Uh, and we also found out that there was something between her and old partner. Mm. And I thought that scene, you know, um, on the flip side, that, that scene was well played and supremely well acted. Yeah. And I, I loved everything about what I saw there. I mean, what did you think of that one? You're talking about the whole, the entire sequence from where she gets called to the office until she leaves. Yes. Everything. Uh, yeah, I liked it. It's, uh, she's, you know, she's doing a good job. It's, it's nice to see. They're giving her a little bit more than the one note that she had been playing for the first three episodes. She had really been playing one note pretty much solidly. She's getting a little bit it's more. Note. It's a good note. She's been doing a very good job yeah. with it. Um, I, I definitely liked all that stuff with the boss. Uh, it also it, it shows you sort of like the power of sure. of um, uh, what's his name um, the mayor. Who's, oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, you know the guy who's Chazani. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it shows you his power that she's immediately getting she's just immediately getting thrown under the bus. Yes. Uh you know, you kind of knew that was going to happen. Yep. Um and as as evidence then in the by the end of the episode, you're seeing all of these characters kind of spiral out of control on some level mm-hmm. and at, at, everything's totally out of control now at the end. So next episode will be very interesting in that sense. But yeah, I agree with you. I, I thought it was well acted. Um one of the more interesting parts of the episode for sure. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I, I really do. Uh, I like the way she played it too. Like the genuine, like, are you kidding? This cannot, you cannot be serious. Yeah, like they're um, high fiving each other out there. I like that line. That was good. Yeah, and it's funny because you know it, 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 it is kind of up and it, it does kind of shine a light or the hold the mirror up. Pardon me, because for me, I, I absolutely would feel if if she was a man and and uh, and and it had gone, it had been flipped. Then I would absolutely have been like, yeah, you should brought up IA should definitely be involved. But because she's a woman, and I kind of my my point of view is that this guy is ridiculous that he's bringing charges. That's goofy. Right. So it, it's kind of funny that have well, a she's hot. Like why, is she, why are you why are you bringing charges? 
excited about, man. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I I agree with you, Ben, that she's been playing one note because that's what she's been given. And and you're, I think that you get shots fired at Nick Pizzolatto. No, I did not one note in a bad way. Like one note in like a very convincing way. Like I totally buy into the yeah. rage that I've seen for episodes one through three. Right. Like that's. It's a character choice to make her play that all the time. Right. Which is that that's, I'm, I'm referring to that's, that's 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 what she's been given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meaning like this well, is Pizzolatto wrote her this way, and what, I guess what what I'm translating well, that is 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 it written as, as a one note character? Go ahead, Flippo. Sorry. As you said so many times, before, we're halfway through an eight hour movie, and we've seen her dad now. We're we're starting to unpack her a little bit. We're seeing that she is not. Uh, I say whole. That's not the right term, but she's not emotionally complete. Right. She's emotionally. And and there's there's good reason for that, and we're starting to to see what Dad's deal is, and Dad's this guru to these wealthy folks, and and you know the, you know what did we say to to, to Ray of the biggest aura I've ever seen? Yeah, yeah. Right? You must have yeah. right. We're starting to now. You imagine if you grow up around all that crap, and you know your your deal is you're going to dismiss mom and dad no matter what. Right. So if Dad is new age guru, of course you know, and, and we're going to find out whatever it was, whatever happened whatever event shut her down that way, you know, and, and, and it's, it's interesting. It's, I think it's an interesting thing that, that she's been so one-sided and we're going to see that kind of, I think what he's doing right now is he's having her collide up against that. She's going to hit the end of the line for that. And this is, we'll get her as far as it's able to get her. Yeah. And, and that's going to stop. And then we're going to see what, we're going to see where she goes from there. It's going to be fun. I think the next two episodes for her are going to be really interesting. If it feels like, no, it's something yeah, it feels, I, I agree with that. It's, it feels like, um, yeah, the, these characters are sort of we were in, next to the stage. We're introducing them all, and they're kind of breaking them down, and then we're going to see them in their true. Like it's this whole idea, of, like these broken people, broken but competent. We see how broken they are. They're broken all the way down, and they sort of emerge like a phoenix as these competent people who can solve this, who can solve a case that's bigger than them and bigger than than, than the whole thing. So I like I like the idea of that, and it seems to be sort of the the reoccurring theme here. Um, we talked about the power structure. It seems to be like where we keep going up and up this ladder hmm. of power so like you know what what the things that uh Ravel Coral was describing to Annie in a, in a great scene between the two of them that was like, good, yeah was really sort of you know kicking it upstairs like you don't you know this isn't about this is a shakedown from the state level like none of these like, none of this family has ever gone to jail in a hundred ever a hundred years Vinci's been doing the same thing we've been doing for 75 years you really think this is about you and your stupid investigation like, yeah you really think that you are gonna like are gonna survive this like you know you, which which answer a question I think we hadn't in uh, episode two like why are they putting these two like what, why are these three the best people for the job we know right. why, we know why raising the job because you know it's part of that thing right. but like you know Annie's not exactly the bell of the ball in her department no, yeah yeah and uh and we know we know Woodrow's not exactly you know Prince right. Charming in his department but it's because they've got some problems that are easy to sort of sweep under the rug if this thing goes sideways or right. you know so um but I do want to go sideways right I do uh want to talk a little bit about uh touch on Ray and then Frank but Ray uh this was a different Ray obviously as we've seen he yeah. was uh at first I was it took me a bit to like get used to I was a little shooken by like just how um, awake and animated he was in this one. Yeah, and I was kind of like, "What is what is what is Colin Farrell doing? Is he he's playing this guy totally different? He's got like a his accent's more prominent. Like, what's this is weird? I don't understand what's happening." And then I realized, "Oh, he's like sober. Yeah, like he's not like he's not in the bag. He's not high. He's not drunk. We see him in the first 
two and a half episodes, you know, two and a half episodes as a complete burnout, complete burnout. Yeah. And now we see him like on the job, like you know, and, and so uh, and really getting it together. Even though he has all the goodies in his glove compartment, right? He's he's he's, he's getting it together. And so that kind of w- pseudo pep talk he gave uh, Woodrow was great. Yeah, and the the cool kind of perspective on the way this thing is run as the elder statesman of of, of, of statewide corruption and yeah. how this thing is run to Annie. I thought all that was great. I mean, he this is sort of like Ray is coming off as very competent as as a detective and as a partner and, and as a you know as a dude so so far, right? Yeah, well they so they definitely did something pretty interesting with that, right? Because we talked about who was the most sympathetic character to this point last week. Uh-huh. And I, I I believe unless I'm wrong and remembering this incorrectly, but I believe I said that he was the most sympathetic character. I I felt that he was the one that you were sort of supposed to be rooting for. And at the end of this episode, I, f- I now sort of felt like that's the guy whose story I'm watching. Like, you know, in, in the sense right. that, in the sense that it's, there's four main characters, but like, as you said, you sort of feel like Woodrose is tertiary a little bit. And you feel like, you know, Ani is, she's, she's like sort of the counter to him. And most of us feel like Frank's story is kind of just like, what the hell's happening? I don't know what that's doing in this story. But with, with Ray, that's the story that when he's on screen, I'm sort of expecting yeah. the big breaks to happen. I, it's like you want the end of the story, you want him to come out okay, I guess. Right. And this was the episode to me where I, the most that I felt so far in the show felt like I had, I had a character that I was rooting for. Sure. I mean, like, he was dead in episode two, so we're, we're all rooting for him now. Like, everybody's yeah. walking around, we're like, yay. Uh, I do, uh, we, we talked, I, I want to hear what you have to say, Joe, too, but we talked about, uh, his his kid, like he's gonna give the kid up. He's gonna go right. along with his mom's thing. Like I thought that was a really sweet, you know, gesture giving um, yeah, the kid the, his grandfather's badge, and this is what this means. Yeah, and then not causing a ruckus, really like hiding in the bushes and kind of like I'll let the family life alone. I mean, are we seeing? I mean, is he? Is this? Are were we to believe that he's sort of letting this thing go and kind of like I'll see my son on my terms, but I'm not gonna make any official noise. I mean, I don't know. I, but, Joe, what's your take on that? I also want your take on just sort of what we think of this Ray, the new and improved Ray. Well, I, I think he's making some grown-up choices, right? I mean, that's that's the idea. And, and like, I'm going to bring you a family heirloom, but I'm not going to disrupt the house. I'm not going to start a fight. I'm not going to yell at your mom. I'm not going to yell at your stepdad. I'm not going to cause a ruckus for the neighbors. This is just between you and I. This is me. I've seen, i got some clarity right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make, a, I'm gonna make an adult move on this. And I'm also going to take the opportunity to tell you, you know, I may, I may not be around much right now because maybe I'm not any good for you. You know, that that's some adult stuff. And you can only really make those choices when you're sober. You're not reacting. You're actually making some some, some choices. I I think they're, they're really playing him just right. I feel like I feel like uh, Dan, what you said, was right on. I feel like he's the, he's the, the main true character. He's the character I'm really pulling for. He's the guy I feel like uh, that there's, if there's a redemption to be had, his will be probably the most dramatic. Um I really, uh, I, I really am uh, enjoying what they're doing, and and he's not been my favorite actor, and and I, there's been a number of things he's been a part of where I've been like, eh. but I, he's doing terrific work. Like what? <laughs> like what? Joe really? Flippo, Colin Farrell, that guy, that guy touches everything and turns it into gold. SWAT loved him in SWAT. Uh, what else? <laughs> exactly. phone, phone booth. Phone booth. Really, right, I was I'm riveted. Keep yourself in the phone. Have an argument, just making a point. I I'm trying to argue, Joe. You're not here. I need, I, need, I need to argue. I don't know. Ben and I are. <laughs> we don't argue enough. 
Uh, I wanted to just touch on something really quickly with with Velcoro. I and I got distracted, so I'm actually going to toss it back to you and interrupt yeah. you in just a second when I remember. Do it. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, here I am. Uh, well, I agree. Well, I, I do want to. We can go back to Velcoro in a second, but I want to talk about Frank a little bit because, as we said, I'll go. You remember? I do remember. I think it's funny that he's sober, but the, the scene with Vince Vaughn, he's still drinking a beer. Yeah. So it's like the he's like. You're not completely wasted. Your head's not falling down while I talk to you. You're just drinking a little bit. Yeah, well, it's, one, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you know these folks who are like, like I'm, I'm not drinking. I only had like three beers. Right. You know, <laughs> I, just, oh, I only had like three, 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 three beers. What's that? That, that cracked me up. That yeah. was like, that's like a true sign of an alcoholic. Yeah. Is like, yeah, you know, like I'll, you're I'll only have two or three or four or five beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then I'm fine. And then, but I'm not really drinking. Uh, yeah, Ben, I want you, I want you to look across the table, Ben. I've never had that discussion with that man sitting across from you ever. What's never. That? What happened? <laughs> Who? Not even once. Right, right. What about when you guys were on that camping trip? Hey, there was yeah, <laughs> there was a lot lot more than never mind. All right, uh, so uh, Frank. So yeah, you, you mentioned this before about Frank and, and, and sort of the, the real estate he takes up within this landscape of, yeah. of of True Detective. I mean, it's almost like you have Frank, like fifty percent Frank. Yeah. And then 50% the other three characters. Yeah. Which is like, you have four main characters, but Frank has taken up a lot of real estate within this world so far. So that's, I think that's kind of part of the issue. It's like because he is so much of the story, like so, so much of the, of the time we spend, we spend with, with, with this show, we spend it with Frank. Like you really want him to be great. Now, that, that's probably my only thing. I don't know that he warrants the time that we're spending with him so far. Yeah. But, uh, I will say that, uh, what I'm realizing is, I think I touched on this last week. What I'm realizing is, it was set up as sort of, at least I thought it was, that Frank's over here on one side as the bad guy, and then the cops are over here as the good guys, and it's kind of like Frank's the weird supervillain, and these guys are the Justice League trying to fight Frank. Like, that's how I had my naive brain I, I, at the beginning, sure. I, yeah, at the beginning, when I saw the problem, I was like, oh, he's the villain, and these guys are the heroes, and it's like Lex Luthor. But. Then what we're coming to realize is they're four. Like he may be actually one of the detectives in his own way. Like he's yeah. got a mystery to solve himself. Like who is out to get him? You know, and he's got an arc himself. Like he's from from rags to riches to rags and trying to climb his way back to riches by going back to crime. So that that in and of itself is almost an interesting anti-hero story about Frank. I mean, I, I would almost sort of watch a Nick Pozzolato written TV show about Frank in, in, sure. in theory. You know. Um, so I do, I do, and it's all connected, obviously, because Velcaro and then the, and you know, he's connected to the murder and City of Vinci. But, um, I don't know. We, we're, we're seeing him. We, we, we're spending a lot of time with him at home. Uh, we're getting to know a lot more about his, uh, fertility and his wife's fertility than we probably right. want to know. Um, we know that he's not going to adopt. We know that he's a little bit racist. You know, sure. You know the, the, the first uh, the avocado farmer. Yeah, line. avocado yeah. farmer. I thought, I thought you. I thought you people. I forget how he phrased it. But like, so you'd be able to tell the dirt on your fingers. Yeah, I thought you guys are. You know, one of you. Yeah, I thought one. I thought one of you be able to tell. There's one. And then um, in the other one, he he you know, dropped another sort of slur. You know, and um, yeah. So he's which I you know that, that that's that's the character. Sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm buying Frank as a tough guy. I'm buying sure. Frank as a guy. He went to the I think it was the Armenian gangsters. Yeah, and so. uh, and then you know got I, I like that conversation. I'm believing him. Yeah, I don't know that I care yet. Like I, I the debate of like is Vince Vaughn good? Is he not good? What's going on? What's Vince Vaughn? Is he broken form? I'm like, yeah, Vince Vaughn's doing okay, but I don't know if I care about all this stuff. And, I mean, again, hopefully that, by hour eight, I, maybe I will, but I don't now, Joe. I completely agree with you. First time in how many years? Uh, I can 15. agree with you. Okay. 
I do not care about him right now. I don't even care about his wife. I don't care about their problems. I don't care about anything with him. And that, I think, I like is, is ultimately maybe maybe worse than whether or not we agree the dialogue's working or whatever. That's all, that's all technical stuff. But if I don't care about the character, then, then, then I think there's, then I think you have a real, uh, you know, and maybe that's the intention. If that's the intent, great. But if it's not, then we're missing something. And I, I, I'm not pulling for Frank. I'm not rooting for Frank. And, um, and I'm not, I don't know, like the perfect teeth line. Just that, that, you, know, like, you know, I've never been intimidated by someone telling me he has perfect teeth, but it, it hasn't happened. So there, there's that. But, um, I don't know. I'm not pulling for him. I agree with you 100%. I think that that, that lack of that lack of empathy. If you're not if you're not making the audience feel for you, then 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 something's gone wrong with the writing or the or the execution somewhere. Well, right. So there's two things that I noticed about about Frank and this. These I thought the most about this guy in this review. Like I, okay. the, I said the thing earlier about I, I don't feel like the the framework of this narrative. It really, in context, his character doesn't seem to fit. It's just, it really actually feels misplaced. Right. Um, as you said, he takes up a lot of real estate, so I think that might be part of the problem, is that the story focuses too much on him. If it was sort of, if he had 20% of the story instead of 50% of the story, maybe he'd be a better character. Right. But, um, I mean, he's a touch point for everything, but like he's, I guess it's more, it's fair, more fair to say he's at the center of it. Yeah. Because everything sort of connects back to him. Sure. And the city of Vinci, but go ahead. So the first thing I notice is I feel like, I feel like every single scene I watch with him is the same scene over and over again. Yes. That's the biggest problem. That's a, good, that's a great point. I feel like I'm watching the same it's, scene it's, it's over and over again. Totally. Yeah. Like the way he's playing, it's the same. It's kind of a weird, he's shaking someone down or he's kind yeah. of being upset and he's like, yeah, I need, I need, I need something else. I mean, even when we saw the eruption, we saw him get in the fight. Yeah. He was kind of like, oh, Vince Vaughn's going to get out and fight. It's kind of like, hey, buddy, here we go. It just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't. So it's like, it feels like it's the same scene over and over again. And then the last thing is, I, I was racking my brain that I thinking, who could you have cast? Who can I think of that I would have been happy in theory if you had cast instead of Vince Vaughn? Mm-hmm. I could not come up with a single person right. that I felt like John would Favreau. have somehow done a better job with the character. Right. Like, I couldn't come up with anyone. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Well, again, written for him, so sure. I mean, the episode maybe feels someone else would be written for someone else, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's hard. I mean, it, it's it's hard. I mean, it's it feels like when it reminds me when Tim Robbins kind of plays the bad guy. Tim Robbins is is also sort of tall and a great yeah. actor, but he has sometimes when he'll sometimes he'll play a baddie or a bad guy and a tough guy. It's like the same kind of stoic kind of approach to it because yeah. he's not really erupting he's not cursing anybody out he's just kind of like menacing in a weird way but right. I think that's what Vaughn's missing is the menace for me sure. like, I believe him as a toughie I don't believe him as a, as a menacing cat but he, I, you know well actually I, I think he's getting there uh, Joe anything else on Vince Vaughn? No I mean you know yeah I've said my piece about it I, okay. I, I'm really pulling for him as an actor and I'm pulling sure. for the show sure. but my involvement in his character right now is, is, is just please Please stop. Like that's where it's at. Like, I, and 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 it is. Maybe that's it, Ben. It's because of the same scene over and over again, and uh, and and I, I just don't care yet. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we want to get into like so we'll, we'll touch on the, on the case itself and sort of where what brought us to here. Um, we're on the you know we're we're all on the hunt in this episode for uh, my man. If I know it's turning from me, the the uh, the. Uh, Amaria, you're talking about yes, the pimp. The pimp. Yeah. Uh, so you know, we're all we're all looking for him. Frank's looking for him. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if all the roads lead back to him, um, one thing I, th- I found interesting, which I, the the one complaint I'll have, which not really complain about, sort of like the construction of this world. I understand the idea of 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 uh, Vince Vaughn's character. Um, 
you know, Frank having uh, connections to sort of all being the touch point, the window <coughs> through we have to connect everything in right. the city of Inji. I get that. It's weird to me that uh, Annie's dad, uh, David Morse, is also like a connect. Somehow, like, he, way up north in the hippie commune, is somehow like, oh, that guy down in Vinci? Yeah, I know him. Oh, this thing? Oh, my daughter? Yeah, she. my daughter actually works there. It's like, yeah. how is he connected to everything? So it's kind of weird. I know it's a way to sort of connect, you know, what's happening in, in Ventura County down to what's happening in, in the city of Vinci, but I don't know. I think that's kind of that's convenient in a weird way for me, but... That seems like it'll be relevant, like in terms of the in terms of what we're building towards with like the the more grand story, right? Uh, and and how this is going to be more than just a, a linear police drama. Yeah, that's probably part of it. The weird stuff that's going to be the the big corporate money and all that. Like, yeah, that that'll that'll have to do with it. Well, in this investigation, we got to see a little more more family. We got to see the mayor's uh, you know the mayor's daughter yeah. daughter, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. and uh, and get some information there. We got to see a little more about. Annie's dad get some information there. Um, so uh, yeah, we're you know we had another cool scene in the bar um, with you know with with the singer and and, and the two yep. guys. Uh, I still I still have that set piece, although it was this time it just felt kind of flat. Right. I think that was the director's choice. Like, well, let's go back to that bar. It didn't yeah. have the same sort of mystical, magical feel it always does. Well, it's because it's not wasted too. That's probably the other right. Reason. No, no more David Lynchian kind of like yeah. weirdness going on. Uh, but it's wasted or dying. So we so. <laughs> we did find it. We do find ourselves. Uh, conducting a raid, and we, we do find out where my man is, and we go to get him. We meaning uh, our three leads: Bizretti's, uh, Woodrow, and and Velcoro. Yeah, uh, and some other blue shirts or red shirts, right, Ray? I mean, right, uh, Joe. Um, some other red shirts. Red shirts are plenty. Uh, there are ten total that walk in. You, by my count, unless I unless I was wrong here, the two guys get sprayed in the initial fire. Mm-hmm. You see three other catch bullets to the head. Uh, and then there's the three main characters, which leaves two unaccounted for that you don't see anywhere when they all wake up. Right. So I, there might be two more cops that didn't die, or they might have all died, right. and we just didn't see those last two. Well, how my, many bystanders from the protest did they get? A I bunch. Count, I it was it was a blood. I mean, like that. You know, look. This is you know, LA LA cinema has a has a tradition of long tradition of shootouts. I mean, I've seen you know, Michael Mann's Heat. Heat is, one, times, is yeah. the, the best LA shootout, and then we've had some real ones in North Hollywood shooting. So yep. it's kind of an interesting scene to see to see automatic weapons open fire. And of course, there was a big one in the movie SWAT. If you, <laughs> so Colin Farrell's no 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 uh, no uh, slouch. <laughs> Colin Farrell's no stranger to uh, machine gun fire in LA, but. Um, I thought this was extremely well done. I yeah. mean, it was an extremely well executed action sequence. The drama was good. The action was good. The camera placement was perfect. It was like, uh, you know, everything was great. And even the biggest, like, shocker out loud was my, my, my man, uh, Earl Brown, W. W. Earl Brown. The, the the super burnout detective I forget what's his name a te- detective the Gibson. heavier set guy that was tailing yeah. Uh, Woodrow yeah yeah he got it good bullet to the end that was like oh I didn't mean, like that I hadn't seen anything like that like on television in a while where it was no. like that shocking yeah and that well done what they can do with the effects these days but um it maybe also reminded me it made me think about um. It made me think about the what 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 kind of cops are they turning out of the city of Vinci, man? I mean, like this guy was he's he's not a crack detective at all. No, it's like him and uh and uh and Velcoro, yeah, are, are the two finest out of Vinci. Like these guys, anyway. So yeah, so the shootout was great. Uh, the execution great. We got to see Bizzaretti's in, in in action. Yeah, totally believed everything yeah. she did. So 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 thank you very much for that. Um. Uh, um, Rachel McAdams and Colin Farrell was capable. Uh, we saw them basically 
take was it a cookhouse up there? Is that why it blew? We weren't really sure, but it, yeah, maybe it seemed like it was a cookhouse. Well, maybe we'll be later found out it yeah. was a setup or something. Yeah, but this was one of the better sequences I've seen. And and the last I'll say, I'll let you guys talk about it. Is this is also you, you felt the need. To, for them to do something, because obviously episode four was it, was when we got our yeah. tracking shot last year. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to get something in episode four this year. So uh, I thought it was great. So, okay, a lot of complaints swirled around Twitter and the internet about how they were just trying to sort of copy the formula for season one. Uh-huh. But ask yourself the question in an eight-episode show, uh, you need to spend the time initially to develop your characters. If you want your first big action set piece, episode four is right around the time you'd expect it, about halfway yeah. through to kind of turn up the heat. Sure. So I don't actually think that there's any criticism there in terms – if you're 16 episodes, you have a little more freedom, but three is early and five is late. Yeah. So four is kind of perfect. I mean, I really think it was one of the better done – it was the best done scene in this season so far, I think. Yeah. Um, very, very captivating, well shot, well acted. You definitely got to see – a payoff with Woodrow's character, as you said earlier, with him in combat, as he says, the only place when he's having that breakdown, he doesn't know how to exist in this yeah. world. Um, that's the world he knows how to exist in. His combat. Was dope. I was like, yeah, get him, Taylor. And he's very believable. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely liked all that. The big question for me, and, and I'll get to you in just a second here, Joe. Uh, I don't mean to talk over, but the big question for me is like the fallout from this. Uh, has to be so massive. Oh my god! Uh, the number—I mean, there was a camera crew there filming something else. So you have to assume some of this is going to be on camera, whether it's cell phone camera or news camera. Yep. A bunch of dead cops, a bunch of dead bystanders. Woodrow's already got some 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 media heat on him. Yeah. No no backup. They go yeah. in without backup early. Like you got to assume the task force gets shut down and they're all under a huge level of scrutiny. So that's what I took away from it all at the end. It's also cool. The last thing I'll say is I love that Colin Farrell and Rachel McAdams at the end when she's put her knife away. They're just sort of shocked and in horror, and they just, they're kind of pulling at their hair. And in the background, you just see Taylor Kitts just looking really calm. Yeah. And he just holsters his gun. Yeah. Just holsters his gun. (laughs) And like, they need a blue pill for that. He's just so calm. So, (laughs) anyway, what do you think, Joe? Well, I agree with you all, but, uh, and I'll go a little further on it. You know, it seemed like at the end, they were just, they were shell shocked. They were waiting for the adults, you know? Like, I, I, like the the cops were waiting for the cops. (laughs) Right. Like, there's someone who's got to come and tell us what the hell to do next. And and you're right about about Woodrow, because he was, this was the first time since we started this mess, where he was absolutely not forced to make any decisions. This is, this is just reacting. I've been trained for this. I'm totally comfortable with this. I don't have to decide if I'm there or not. I don't have to decide if I should be a part of this task force. I don't have to decide if I, I just have to not get dead. So this is awesome for me. Perfect. Right. Um but, uh, you know, it felt almost to me like, like the action sequence equivalent of a family guy joke. It went so much longer than, than it, than I expected it to go. And, and it, the, the fallout was so much more dramatic. You know, there was, you know, usually with these things, the, the raid is perfunctuary. I thought we were one more step on the, on the, uh, on, on, on the, on the trail here. And all of a sudden it's, it's, it's a bloodbath and, and, and it went on forever and ever. And can we add more? Yes, let's add more. Yeah. And it was, it was really, it was something else. Um, and like you said, they did not need to go early. So the fallout's going to be on them. It's going to be on the task force. It's, it's their choice. Um, and on the other side, I mean, the, 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 the pimp guy's dead and like, you know, there's, there may be some, right, some there's no benefits. There's yeah. no upshot. Right. They got nobody. Yeah. So. And, I love the choice the production made to leave it feeling like real L.A. You know, like usually when when people shoot uh, in L.A., they they filter the hell out of it, or they or they uh, or they wet the, the the concrete enough so they get the, they get some some better bounce, some better light balance. 
But this, they didn't really do that. It felt like there was a real live shootout, shootout in L.A. It wasn't, LA, it wasn't you know, a Tony we're, Scott we're, sort of job where it's like oversaturated and, and yeah, and you got some. Yeah. Which has its virtues, by the way. Which has, <laughs> I'm, I'm not mad at Tony Scott. Rest in peace, Tony Scott. But uh, yeah, or, my, or uh, your boy Michael Bay. But yeah, I, I get it. I, get, I hear you. Um, I want to. We're, we're out of. T- we're, no, we're not out of time. But I just we're close to being out of time. But I did want to say. Uh, want to go back and um, do something that I forgot I was going to do. I forgot what the hell I was going to do. Oh, I want to say hi to our people in the chat room. Hello, people in the chat room. Hello. Um, like Dennis Boyd and Sylvia Love and Jonas Tiger and GBNF and Michael and Mo Man Mo Mojo Man. Excuse me. Uh, Scorpio 180. I don't know a bunch of other folks. I was going to uh, give a quick shout out. We I, thank we, you. we received an email this morning, or okay. we, we read it. I read it this morning. I'm not sure if you, I know your your work day was swamp, but uh, yeah. one of our I don't have it in front of me because I was an idiot and left my notes at home. Um, but one of our viewers was kind enough to write this really insightful email about uh, this take on Frank's character mm. that was really pretty interesting to me about the way he was raised because we, we didn't reference it but he uses this word uh, louche L-O-U-C-H-E which is another word I had to look up right. it's, uh, it's a, I think it's like a scoundrel of likable characteristics or something essentially right. like that and uh it's another one of these weird pizzolato things where you're like, why are you using that word? Why yeah. does he know this word? And the the point that the reader made was that maybe that that's a character choice intentionally that he would use these big words, these sort of $10 words because he was raised by rats and he has kind of a DIY education and he wanted to come off as like smarter or somehow more competent than he actually was. So he would use these like word of the day kind of things in right. casual conversation Got to it. seem that way. Um, and that, that when, that when Colin Farrell uses the word apoplectic, um, when Colin Farrell uses the word apoplectic, it's almost like a dig at him to be like, because he's had to deal with like 10 years of these ridiculous right. words. Right. So maybe it's a word he learned from him or something. That's a good, that's a good take. Yeah. I, that was, that was a cool email. It was well, it was well written. And I wish I had your name it, in front of me, but I it want... was from Danny. Say Danny's again? the name of the guy. Danny. Danny. Thank you. Yes. It was Thank a wonderful you. email. And it was really, really insightful. So I wanted to give Danny you a shout out. Danny and uh, and yeah, very much. You were saying like, you, like maybe the character is very much like uh, Stallone's character in, in, in Oscar. Uh, learn learn a good word every day. Yeah, that was a good email. It was, it was a good point. And I hope hope that I hope it all comes together and it makes sense. A uh, couple of things I did want to touch on that we we'd have to touch on that. There's a investigation underway. We didn't we missed that part point with Black Mountain, right? Which is just sort of like. You know, um, that's waterish type. You know, well, yeah. So, group. so anybody's that's Woodrow's former military operation, yeah, pri- the private, private security, private security, something, in yeah, Fallujah and all these other places. And there was, that... some, and there was some, there was some sort of scandal that happened where they like there was some awful atrocity that doesn't want to talk about. Something happened in a village, yeah. And this is also when we're supposed to expect that his first like, uh, you know, blackout sex with this his former those three days, uh, the, the long blackout, it's a three day blackout. Yeah, football <laughs> was only like day and a half. This was three days. But but uh, it's it's interesting of note that when he goes back to the hotel and he's he's mobbed by reporters, they say a couple things, right? So the first thing they say is, um, Officer Woodrow, is there any truth to the accusations of uh, of your uh, of the accusations against Black Mountain operatives and and like domestic violence or something like that, or violence against women? Do you have a history right. of violence against women? Is what they yell at him when he's running uh, away? Yeah. It's something to that effect. I mean, don't quote me. I'm paraphrasing, but that's huh. essentially the gist of it. Huh. So that's like supposed to be, I think, a portal into something, his character or those people or, or something. We're, yeah. That's, well, we'll, we'll, we're going to get to the bottom of what happened with the Black Mountain. Yeah. No. Um, I'll, 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 I'll crack the, the broke Black Mountain joke. Which yeah. I already did. 
Um, and the other thing that happened that we didn't really mention, oh, the, the, in, in the conversation with Frank and Ray, uh, Frank offers Ray another job, a yeah. way out. Hey, man, come be a gangster with me. <laughs> so, and he says, I'm not muscle. Yeah. That's when, that's when the trailer line of sometimes your worst self is your, your best, best self, self, which is yes. all you're all waiting for at some point. Yes. It sounds like, it, it sounds like a, like a, like an old Sesame Street song yeah. or something. Like a, like a song from Yo Gabba Gabba. Sometimes your worst self is your best self. I don't know. I'm making that up. Yeah, that's interesting. You, you, no, you got young kids. Does that sound like one of your songs? Yeah, that's definitely Yo Gabba Gabba. If you watch that show, you can feel like you're on acid anyway, so why not? Yes. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think that, that's, all, that's, that's all we have. Um, I, I, I'm wondering if, uh, I, I like the idea that Frank, his, his use of like, I'm being pulled back out on the street. I right. like the idea of that. You're pulling me back out on the street. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm like, oh, I wanted to make a comment about your, your comparison. People on Twitter talking about it and yeah. on the internet talking about they're copying season one. Again, look, for me, I don't care. Like, again, I trust Pizzolatto. Like, I trust what he's going to, what he's doing. Whatever it is, great. I yeah. trust it. Do it. If he's like, you know what, I'm going to do an exact mirror carbon copy of season one from a, from a structure standpoint, yeah. but populate it with new characters, put it in a new place. I'd be like, great. I'm not going to be like, you're copying your own stuff, dude. Right. So I'm. Um, so whether. So I don't know whether this is the thing. Whether every True Detective for the next you know six seasons, episode yeah. four, we get some sort of massive shootout set piece. I'd be like, I'll set my watch to it. I'm fine with it. Do we think? By the way, I, I want to touch on this really quickly because it is a little convoluted. When. Uh, when Woodrow is going to find his bike and he has his big, his just fuck outbreak, his screaming, uh-huh. um, and his bike's gone, are we supposed to expect that his bike was in fact stolen or that he left it somewhere that he's going to regret having left it because yeah. he was blacked out and yes. that's going to come back? That's probably what yeah, happened. Yeah. Just, they're going to find out, yeah, we picked this up at the, you know, at the rabbit hole or whatever. I don't know. So it was, you don't think that in fact he, it, you don't think it got stolen? No, no. I think he left it at, you know, at the, the toolbox or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I also thought that scene was pretty funny with like him coming out and and his uh, his old boyfriend from his his uh, Black Mountain boyfriend mm-hmm. was like was like be who you want to be and he's like I DVR'd the game eat some waffles yeah that, he's, he's, that dude sounds awesome by the way <laughs> the whole thing was just like that guy sounds like an awesome boyfriend he's got he's got waffles ready the game's I DVR'd the game have some waffles yeah you were just I'm, like I'm straight but I'm like hey let's I like this guy yeah I'll stay. the look in his eyes <laughs> I, and it's great it's great so. And this is the only thing I wanted. I just wanted to make sure I covered the Woodrow stuff because I thought. Yes. I mean, I was pretty. I was, I was pretty engaged in his character's episode. So there, that stuff was funny. And then when they end up at uh, the diner with him and his ex girlfriend, and she tells him, "For you guys, I'll watch it." But she says, "I'm pregnant," and he basically on the spot is like, "I know now that I love you. We need to get married." Yeah. And she says to him, "I guess I love you too." Yes, the, the, that's the, the, line. Wor- the words you're longing to hear from from your, from your woman. I guess I love you too. Let's do this thing. It's so sad. Such a it's just a grim scene. That's what happened to you and Aaron, right, Joe? Uh, yeah, every time. It's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's it. Uh, we'll we'll see. Oh, and I, I do want to touch on one thing we didn't mention last week is there was a really. You know, there, there, there's this alleged, but well, not even so much alleged. There's a sort of a, a, a feud talked about between Nick Pizzolatto and Kerry Fuganawa in terms oh. of like, you know, the credit. You know, the credit who who got the most credit for season one. I mean, you know, television is very much a writer's medium. It's a, so the yeah. showrunners and the writers they, they they do everything, and film is a director's medium. Sure. And so who and the, everything goes to the director. So in this, the, you found these two guys really clashing. Yeah. On is it. Carrie, who's taking the script and making my thing to it, or is it Fuganaga, Fuganaga who's servicing me, the create the showrunner Nick? And they fought about it a lot through all the accolades, and they didn't come out well. They don't really like each other as of oh, right now. It's unfortunate. And there was a 
pretty much a direct shot, uh, direct shots fired at Fukunawa in in last episode. That movie director who looked very tall, like like Carrie, also yeah. like of Asian descent, could be like Carrie, and uh, and also mentioned a lot, like you know, he's he's portrayed as this guy who likes to party a lot and kind of right. doesn't want care too much. Yeah, I'm shooting the movie, man. I was at a party last night or whatever. Kind of a dick. Yeah. Uh, so that was definitely you know that was. I think that was something else, sort of a shots fired at, at our boy Carrie, but interesting. So I, I kind of like that stuff when it happens. Although I don't know whose side I'm on because Pizzolatto's exactly no prince himself. And like if, 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 if you read his, like pretty amazing work, if you read his Vanity Fair article, I mean, you know, it's kind of like this guy. And then you read about Carrie, like this guy. So I don't know if we're supposed to really like these guys, but they do good work. Yeah, so it's kind of like, kind of like you, Flippo. You do good work. I'm not sure if I like you. I appreciate that. Thanks, Brad. Sure. Uh, how about some predictions? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh, I kind of alluded uh, to the. Oh, yeah. uh, now, well, let me look at the show on that first. Uh, predictions. Flippy dippy. Don't be uh, so trippy. I, I, I think Rachel McAdams' character is in for a real, real, real next couple episodes. Uh, they're going to be. They're going to be. Uh, like I said earlier, I think her. 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 What we've seen so far of her character, that type has run its course. She can't get any further, and um, and I think she's going to be she's running up against that wall right now. I think that that pushing through and and going early that was her call. That was that this whole shootout is going to is going to come down on her head. Obviously, her uh, you know her, her her position with her sister, her position with her father, her position with the, with the department. That's all going to crumble right now because right. that rigidness. Is, uh, is, is, is taking her as far as it'll go, and I think we're going to watch her blossom over the next two episodes, once she uh, bottoms out. Okay. What do you think there? Uh, I think you... I think the string started to unravel this episode on our three main characters. Um... If anything, I, I actually I think that Frank will have to do more horrible things as the show continues. I think mm-hmm. that's that seems like Pizzolatto doesn't have much interest in taking him in surprising us it could be wrong but i think he's just gonna have to keep being darker and dirtier as a gangster killing mm-hmm. people and yeah. with his bare hands and whatnot yeah. um but i do think that our three main characters the string has begun to unravel on their lives and i think all three of them it, it's just gonna be a complete shitstorm next like i think the, i think the task force gets disbanded for sure um and i think that they i think that like there'll be something that that like uh sorry draws them in to stay on this investigation that is not the task force. That it'll be forced to in some way. They'll have to. I agree. I totally agree with you. I think that I think that, that the way through that is probably gonna be somehow through Frank. I mean I think that like this is how I think they all sort of work together. I think Frank's obviously on this track and setting up something for a reason. I'm not saying they're gonna work for Frank, but I think that yeah, the task force may or may not be over soon, but these guys are gonna still work this case. Um and I believe that the forces are far beyond Vinci and far be- Vinci, Vinci, far beyond uh, anything. I think it's big California money. It's it's water. We're talking. We're alluding to like the sort of the what's happening to the land and how much money things are right. worth. And um, we still got more of this Russian guy to see, this Russian gangster to see. Uh, you know whether or not um, Vince Vaughn's guy is uh, whether or not Vince Vaughn's sidekick guy is dirty or involved with Russian or not. But I, but my prediction is. They will all be working together, Vince Vaughn and the three, to solve this larger, larger case and yeah. take down Vinci, Vinci. Which Vinci, I keep saying Vinci is, is, is exactly like, uh, Commerce California. Commerce, yeah. But it's not, it's actually Vernon. 
Uh, someone said that online. Vernon. It's so Vernon. It's like, I'm like, duh, it's so Vernon. Vernon, California. It's actually the it, 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 everything about it, including the geographic uh, proximity to Los Angeles proper, is is Vinci. Vinci Vernon makes more sense. Gotcha. Anyway, uh, that's all I got. Uh, Joe Flippo, where the kids? Where can the kids find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at Joe Flippo, J O E F L I G O, and my website is Joseph And oh, and, and, and Ben, where can they find me? They can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and occasionally Instagram. And you can find me at Joe K. Braswell on Twitter, uh, Instagram, although I've posted anything in a while, and Periscope, although I've been scoped in a while. Yeah, I'm the same boat. I said scoped. Uh, but well, I'm going to get on all those things. I promise. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for making us the number one show on AfterBuzz, I believe, and the number like 15 show on iTunes. Um, we love you guys. Uh, please continue to rate us on iTunes. Joe loves fives. We love fives. Thank you all of you for joining us in the chat room right now, and Mark and Sylvia and and and, and all you guys. And uh, thanks for your comments. We'll see you next week. See you guys next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 